0: Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego grew up in the southern kingdom of Judah. And as teenage boys, when the armies of Nebuchadnezzar invaded the southern kingdom of Judah and leveled the city of Jerusalem, they were taken captive as trophies of war. And they were taken over and displaced to this foreign country called Babylon. There Nebuchadnezzar did everything he could to turn them into Babylonians. He changed their names to reflect heathen deities. He tried to change their appetites by changing their diet. He enrolled them in his university to change the way they thought. But they would not budge in their commitment to the Lord God of Israel. They would not bend to the pressure of the world. They would not be conformed to the world to the flesh, or to the devil. The Bible teaches us that these three men are an example to all of us who face the fire. I found in my own Christian life, I'm either going into the fire, I'm in the fire, or I'm coming out of the fire. God never promised us that we would not have fiery trials in our Christian life. But the fire they faced was not their enemy, it was their friend. And what was meant to harm them became their greatest blessing. I want you to notice the three things Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego found in the fire. First of all, they found faith in that fiery furnace. Notice again what the scripture says there in verse 21. The Bible says these men were bound in their coats and their trousers, and they were cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace." Now that means that they would not compromise their faith. You see, there had been this divine decree that Nebuchadnezzar was going to have this statue fashioned of himself. And the entire nation would have to bow down in worship, would have to worship that image as if it was a god. There would be the playing of a song, and that would be the signal. And everyone would bow down in devotion to Nebuchadnezzar, who was the God-king. But when the music began to play, there were three men who were still standing. It was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Their faith would not allow them to compromise their convictions that there is only one God and He's not made with the hands of a man, but He's the living God that made everything. In fact, I believe... The greatest description of their faith is to be found in verse 18. First, I read verse 17. They respond like this to the king who said, I'm going to throw you guys into the fiery furnace because you will not bow down and worship me as God. And they said, if that's the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But here's... The real confession of faith, verse 18. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. In other words, we're not backing down, and if you throw us in the fiery furnace, we are not going to deny our true faith in God. This was a real faith. This was a strong faith. Where did these young men get this kind of faith? Well, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. In the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6, Moses instructed by divine Holy Spirit inspiration the people of Israel to cherish in their hearts the Word of God. And in verse 7 of Deuteronomy chapter 6, he said, having received and cherished the Word of God in your heart, I want you to take the word that's in your heart, and I want you to teach that word to your children. And he said, this is the way I want you to talk about the word of God to them. I want you to talk to them about the word of God when you sit in your house. I want you to talk to them about the word of God when you walk in the way. I want you to talk with them about the word of God when you lay down to go to sleep. And I want you to talk to them about the word of God when you rise up in the morning." So these parents over there in the land of Judah were taught by the Holy Scriptures that their young people, their children, were a stewardship and it was their divine responsibility to pour the Word of God into their heart and soul. And so the Scripture says when they got up in the morning, they would teach them lessons about the Word. When they would sit around just having fellowship, they'd talk about the Word of God. When they would get ready to go to bed, they talked about the Word of God. When they were walking through life, they used every situation in life as an opportunity to teach the Word of God. But parents, you cannot teach the Word of God unless you cherish the Word of God. And you do not cherish the Word of God unless you obey the Word of God. And you don't really obey the Word of God unless you apply the Word of God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were able to push back From the pressure of the world, they were able to stand firm in their faith because they had a mama and they had a dad that believed the Word of God is the inspired, infallible Scripture given by God Himself. And it was their great responsibility as parents not simply to give them a college education, to buy them their first new car, or to help them with a down payment on their first home, or to help them buy furniture for the nursery of their newborn baby. It was their great responsibility early in life to teach them the Word of God. And when they put the Word of God in their heart, faith exploded that fire could not extinguish. Their faith was real. And I want you to understand, they did not look at their difficulty... As adversity, but they looked at their difficulty as an opportunity for them to display their faith. And they said, King, just throw us in the fire, and we're just gonna keep on believing. And we're just going to keep on trusting and we're just going to keep on loving God and we're just going to keep on praising the Lord. And i found if you praise God when you're in the fire, God won't change your circumstances necessarily but He will change you in the midst of your circumstances and anything that drives you to abandon yourself to Jesus Christ and His supply and providence and power and sufficiency is not your enemy it is your friend your burden is the biggest blessing that God could send your way they found faith in the fiery furnace the second thing they found is freedom they found freedom now I want you to notice something here in the word of God about their experience the Bible says in verse 20 they bound Shadrach Meshach and Abednego And it says in verse 21, these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments, and they were cast bound into the burning fiery furnace. In fact, the king in verse 24 says, did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? The only Thing the fire burned on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were the bonds that were holding them captive. The fire that was intended to kill them, loosed them, and let them go. Let me help you understand something, my friend. The fire that you walk through in your Christian life is going to free you from some things. It's going to it's gonna free you from idols. You know, you get too enamored by stuff. We're all enamored by stuff. I mean, we we moved this past year and we just had so much stuff. We had stuff in the attic. We even, you know, built little buildings to put in the back of our houses to put stuff. And we get storage units to put stuff in. We just got stuff everywhere. And if you're not careful, things and stuff and even people and power and possessions... They can become your God. But I want you to know when you're in the fire, God strips all that away. And you realize the things you ought to put value in. Tell you something else, when you're in the fire, it'll strip you and loose you of bitterness. Some of you sitting right here tonight have got a bitter heart. You're carrying a grudge. Somebody has crossed you and somebody has offended you. Somebody has done something to you that scars you and you just nurse that wound. And I'm telling you, we've all been wounded and we've all been scarred and we've all been done wrong. We've all been lied on. We've all been slandered. That's just a part of living. Because the devil is a destroyer and he's a liar and he's a slanderer. But when you're in the fire, you realize it's not worth holding on to the bitterness. It doesn't really matter. And suddenly in the midst of the fire, you understand that whether the other person receives the forgiveness, you're going to give the forgiveness and the fire of God burns the anger and the hate and the animosity out of your emotions. Tell you something else. It looses you from unbelief. When you're in the fire, this is a crazy thing. The fire that is meant by the devil himself to rob you of the peace of God. You find in the midst of that fire that the word of God is true. That the God of all comfort walks with you through the valley. You know, this has been a sad year in the life of our church. We got a lot of hurt in our church family. I preached a funeral three Saturdays in a row recently. One of those funerals was for a 20-year-old young man who was the brother of a fine young man that I have mentored. Next week, had to do the funeral of the 30-year-old son of one of our assistant pastors who died with cancer. Another week, I had to do the funeral of one of my wife's dearest friends, a member of our church. And as I saw that, I thought, what else could happen? And then one of our faithful secretaries, her husband was working out there at his home gym and he didn't come down and she went up there and there he lay dead in the floor, dead of a heart attack. And it's just like one heartache after another. And I want to tell you what's amazed me. I've watched all these people as an eyewitness walk through grief, walk through pain, walk through heartache walk through difficulty and I have watched them even though they wept tears lift up their holy hand to a living God and say God is my source and God is my supply and he's walking with me through the valley of the shadow of death Jesus Christ is Savior and Jesus Christ is Lord and there is a heaven and Christians never die and those that are left behind the shepherd of their souls walks with them every step of the way I'll tell you what you'll find in the fire you'll find that your faith is real that your belief in God is resilient and you'll find everything you've been taught in the word of God when you're in the lurch and the clutch works Man, they found freedom. They're loosed from their bonds. The fire burns the ropes off their hands. But I said they're free. They're not just loose. They're walking. He he says, "I, I see four men walking. Now, I want you to notice they're not running from the fire. They're not trying to climb out of the fire. They're just walking around in the fire. Man, walking speaks of progress. I mean, in the Bible, when it talks about walking, it speaks of progress. And I found that it's the difficult time, time, things in my life that have helped me progress in my Christian faith. 1989 was the most difficult year of my ministry. I was in another church, in another place. It wasn't a good fit, kind of a highbrow, hike a fluting church. And I'm telling you, it's just like oil and water. It just didn't mix. Lisa was crying and she warned me when I was dealing with them. She said, you really need to think about this and pray about this. You don't fit there. And I was like, no, I got a word from God. And she says, I'm going to go. You know, you're the head of the household and I'm going to follow you in this. I just think it's a mistake. I'm just telling you. And I'm telling you, I wasn't there four or five weeks. And I thought she was right. Why didn't I listen to her? And that year, Randy Travis, the country western singer, had this hit called I Told You So. And every time the radio was on and he'd sing that, she would just dart her eyes over at me. And I was just... (laughs) And you know what? I've still got a copy of My Most for His Highest by Oswald Chambers. And it was like every single day, man, as I was in my devotion, every day in that little book, God was speaking and teaching me. And a lot of what He teaches is that God allows you to get into circumstances that are difficult because God's not interested in your comfort. God's interested in your character. That what God's doing is He's building big boy believers and big girl believers and God uses fire, adversity, and difficulty like heavenly sandpaper to polish you into the very image and likeness of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And as I look back, I learn truth and I learn lessons in the midst of that fire. I'm telling you, walking speaks of progress. It speaks of joy. Because unless they're walking around just as happy, like they're not, they're not acting like they're walking in a fire, they're acting like they're walking in a palace. Because joy is not conditioned by your circumstances or your happenings. Joy connects you by the power of the Holy Spirit to the living God and God's okay even if my circumstances are not okay Jesus is on the throne if it seems like everything around me is chaos and so even when I don't understand what I'm going through even when I don't understand what God's up to I know God's up to something and that all things are working together for good so I can walk around with a lifted in my step, joy in my heart, and a song on my lips. Because I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart, and fire can't touch it. Ease. They're not even nervous. No anxiety. No fear. Rest. Peace. That's what walking means. But here's the third thing they found. I said they found faith. I said they found freedom. But the third thing they found is fellowship. Now notice what the Word says. The Bible says in verse 25, Look, the king says, Now, something's wrong here. Now, I see four. How many did we throw in? We threw in three. He said, But I see four. There's Shadrach. There's Meshach, there's Abednego, but that fourth one, he looks like the Son of God. Friend, they would have never fellowshiped with the fourth man unless they had gotten into the fire. The fourth man was in the fire waiting on them. Who is that fourth man? He's called many things in the Word of God he's called the ancient of days he's called the lily of the valley he's called the rose of sharon he's called the rock of ages he's called the alpha and the omega he is called the advocate he is called the author and perfecter of our faith he's called the bread of life he's called the son of man he's called the son of god he's called the chief cornerstone he's called the good shepherd he's called the great shepherd he's called the chief shepherd he's called the great high priest he's called the great I him. He's called Emmanuel. He's called Judge. He's called Lamb of God. He's called the Light of the World. He's called the Lord of all creation. He's called the King of Kings. He's called Mediator. He's called Messiah. He's called Mighty One. He's called Redeemer. He's called Savior. He's called the Resurrection and the Life. He's called Wonderful. He's called Counselor. He's called Mighty God. He's called Everlasting Father. He's called Prince of Peace. He always was, he always is he always will be he's unmoved, he's unchanged he's undefeated, but he's never undone, he was bruised but he brought us healing he was pierced but he eased our pain, he was dead, but he brought us life he's risen, and he brings us power, he reigns and he brings us peace listen, the world can't understand him, fire couldn't burn him Armies can't defeat him. Leaders can't ignore him. The Pharisees couldn't confuse him. Herod couldn't kill him. And the grave could not hold him. He is goodness. He is kindness. He is gentleness. He is God. Who is that fourth man in the fire? His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. Now listen. three men went in and three men came out and the fourth man stayed in the fire so that when you get in the fire he'll walk you through the fire. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. With our heads bowed and eyes closed let's all stand to our feet. Could we do that? We'll have a little music here, and pastor's going to be here. And if you've never been saved, Jesus will save you tonight. And the pastor will open the Bible, have somebody open the Bible, show you how to be saved. But maybe tonight you're a believer and you're in the fire. I want you to know it's the fourth man that's going to see you through. It's Jesus Christ that's going to carry you through. Maybe you just want to come for just a moment... Kneel around this altar and say, Lord, I'm going to cast all my cares on you. Lord, I'm going to roll this burden off of my shoulders onto you. Holy Spirit of God, minister to those who are in the fire right now. Lord, I pray you, the fourth man in the fire, I pray you'll walk these aisles and move in and out of these pews and touch every heart. Jesus name I pray Lord Amen
1: God's people said, Amen. Amen. I pray the Lord has spoken to your heart tonight. Don't forget tomorrow, 11:45ish over at Mason Creek. If you need to know how to get there, just go out the loop till it dead ends, turn left on Farm Road 968 and the church is about 2 miles on your left. And we'll have lunch. You come when you can and leave when you have to. Brother Mark will be there. We'll have some good music, good food, and everything together. And then tomorrow night, supper again, 5 o'clock here in the Grand Hall. And then 6 o'clock right here, Brother Herman Kramer. The Mark Trammell Quartet will be here tomorrow night. And then Brother Herb will close us out tomorrow night. Man, have mercy. God's already given us more than what we can say grace over. uh, Just trying to figure out the notes and all Uh, of these last two days. You got Brother Lloyd's got them, amen? (laughs) Would you join hands together? There is a fountain
2: filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's Veins. and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilt guilty stains lose all their guilt guilty stains lose Stains and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their
1: guilty stain. Brother Mike Tice, would you lead us in our closing prayer, please?